0: listening to the get the pancake podcast helping volleyball coaches have their best season yet
1: hi coaches it's Whitney from the get the pancake podcast I have a really really exciting episode for you today it's featuring Paige Tons, girl athlete mindset mentor And I absolutely loved talking to Paige. We just met recently, but I think as soon as she saw everything that I create with Get the Pancake, and as soon as I saw everything that she's doing with her business, it just seemed like a really great fit. You know, I'm creating a lot of content for you coaches and parents And Paige is doing a lot of work helping parents and players. So I'm really excited to share this interview with you today. I think, especially if you are in the position of coaching your own child, this is going to give you some ideas to make that relationship even stronger. But I do, I have to apologize before. I let you listen to this episode because I'm not sure if maybe there was something off a little bit with our connection or if I just got way too excited about these topics because I sort of forgot about podcasting etiquette. And there are a couple of parts of our conversation where I uh, just get too excited and start talking over her. So Paige, I'm so sorry. And for everyone listening, just kind of tune me out, try and listen to Paige but that doesn't happen too often. So um, I really enjoyed this conversation and I guess I forgot that I was recording a podcast. It was so interesting to me. And one more quick note, if you are listening in real time, that means today is Sunday, May 31st. You have until 11.59 p.m. Pacific time to potentially win a free pair of Asics volleyball shoes. So coaches, if you've been thinking that you need some new shoes, but you haven't gone out to get them, uh, why don't you just enter this giveaway and maybe I'll get them for you. All of the rules for the giveaway, as well as The show notes for this episode are on getthepancake.com. There will be a link in the podcast episode itself, but all of the additional links are going to be on the Get the Pancake website. All right, one last time. Paige, I'm so sorry that I just got too excited and was talking over you. Uh, Let's get into the episode. Parents, how many times have you told your daughter over and over again, how to do something, and it seems like it goes in one ear and out the other. And then the next day, she comes home, and she's so excited to tell you about something that her coach said. It's exactly what you've been saying the whole time, but you don't get any of the credit. I know I used to do this to my parents all the time. I'm sure you're experiencing this as well. Today, I've got Paige Tons, who is a girl athlete mentor, here to tell us how to talk to your daughter so she'll actually listen. Not only that, we're going to talk about what to do when your daughter's being really hard on herself. We're going to chat about self-talk. And she's also going to provide us with some tips on how to raise a confident daughter. So today is all about the mental side of the game. Paige, thank you so much for being on the podcast.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. We've been going back and forth, and we both—I think we've both like mutually super excited for today to record this and just share um, the mental side and and volleyball. And and we'll—I'm sure we'll get into more of
1: that stuff. But yes, thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Of course, you're right. I am very excited because I think the mental aspect of the game is so important. I know people always try to put percentages on it about how, how much sport is mental versus physical. But if you're hard on yourself, it's almost like the physical part doesn't matter. And once you kind of clear up that mental space in your head and get focused, I mean, you're going to give us a lot of tools on how to do that. But mm-hmm. um, I know that that helped me once I finally figured out kind of getting my mindset right. So We do have a lot to cover today, and people are going to learn about you as we chat about these topics, but can you give us a quick intro so everyone listening understands your background? So I
0: live in the Phoenix area, so I live in Arizona, and I'm a former athlete. I played softball most of that was like my thing like a lot of you guys listening like volleyball is probably your thing you're really into it but it's funny because when I when I um, met Whitney I actually was like oh well I played ball vo- I, like I played volleyball all through high school and I was telling you're like I was the only girl on the varsity team that never played that didn't play club volleyball but I loved volleyball I loved Playing and even in volleyball, I was like extremely competitive, super hard on myself, mm-hmm. and I think that just comes with like what I call as like athlete brain. Going through um, and playing club and playing really at like an elite level most of my life as an athlete. Being an athlete was like practically my entire life. I uh, went on and played college softball at Northwestern, and then once I was done, definitely hit that phase of just being, feeling a little bit lost and, you know, not having that team, not really knowing what my identity held and um, did a lot of kind of deep diving and kind of figuring out what my gifts were and what my experiences were and how I could give back. And that really led to me becoming this girl athlete mentor. So in my senior year of college, I finally like figured it out. Like, a light bulb went on and really what it was was I finally decided to let go of the results and the outcomes and just go out there and have fun and give it my all and when I did that which is all mindset work and when it, so when I did that I played so much better like I doubled my batting average if anyone knows like softball and baseball statistics, <laughs> I doubled my batting average, which was like amazing. And then I got to, I tripled my, uh, the amount of at bats I got. So I got a lot more opportunities and I created a lot more opportunities for myself. And I just had a lot of fun. And it was, I was, I just like got to end my senior year, um, with a bang. And when I was really looking back at my experience, it's like, man, I need to teach girls the, the mental side so much earlier because mm-hmm. you know I figured it out my senior year and then all of a sudden I was like oh well dang it I'm done you know <laughs> like I'm done playing wish I would have known that earlier I'm sure we've uh, we've all experienced <laughs> that at times wish mm-hmm. I would have known that earlier wish I would have done that earlier mm-hmm. so um I I wanted to start helping girls learn the mental side of the game and learn different mental training skills at a much earlier age so that they can I always say like they can be way more <laughs> successful than I ever was.
1: I love it. Let go of the results. And then that's when the actual results come. Right? (laughs) So a lot of people listening. Obviously, they are volleyball coaches, maybe their parents, maybe they're not. So we are going to talk about some things just that coaches can do in general talking Mm -hmm. to their athletes. But if you are coaching your daughter, or even just watching your daughter, I think they all want to know what is something that they can do to get their daughter to listen? Yeah, that's a great question.
0: (laughs) And it's funny, I actually talked a little bit about this on one of my YouTube videos, and I was looking back at it. And I'm like, looking at the emojis, and I'm like, uh, you know, how to get your daughter to listen to you and the parents and the coaches and, you know, the people or even like, you know, coach is giving lessons. You probably like when this happens, they're probably like, yeah, okay, whatever page, like this isn't going to happen. Like I roll uh-huh. and i like the eye roll emoji. Um, but some things to get them to listen to you. I think the the biggest thing is, and you're probably like, Oh, I've heard this before, but it's just thinking about it in a little bit of a different perspective is to lead by example. It's just like being a teammate and, you know, I think the most impactful way to lead and get somebody to follow and listen is to lead by that example. And like, it's almost like a little bit of an ego check of like, what are you doing? How are you responding to failure? You know, how are you reacting to disappointment? Or, you know, probably one of the biggest things is how do you respond to bad official calls? (laughs) Uh Right? That's like a big one. And I know for a fact, like that was something I was like the worst at, like I would be like, so angry and frustrated. And it probably was like the one like, you know, probably saying curse words or something because yes. I was so mad. And I look back at it now, of course, I'm not proud of those moments. But you know, I've learned so much in this process and and just the whole like growth mindset thing. But even for coaches and parents, like what is like your morning routine? Cause I teach girls, a lot of my girl athletes about having a routine, whether it's in the morning or at night or during the day, mm-hmm. I think it's the best in the morning, but that's my personal preference, I guess. Mm-hmm. And like, how do you handle stress? How do you show up to practice every day? And you know, it's funny. I, I had uh, my JV Volleyball coach in high school. I still remember she always stuck out to me, and I remember her for is that like every single day at practice, like she had a smile on her face. She was like excited, she was happy to be there. Like, I can't even remember a time where she like was up, well, of course, like maybe upset or frustrated in some games or some certain situation, but I really can't remember her being angry or really negative or anything and that was something that just stuck out to me and I still remember
1: to this day and it definitely does have an impact on your players i'm going to go into story mode here but mm-hmm. when i started coaching there's actually a very specific moment that i remember having this realization it was in my 3rd year of coaching and the team that i was coaching was a club 14 and under volleyball team. And the skill level was pretty, it was a wide range for the players on my team. Um, we were kind of in a rural area. It was sort of mm-hmm. like, if you wanted to play, you can play, sort of thing. And I always tried to make the effort to be positive. You know, I, I did a lot of research and learning in my first couple of years, especially focusing on mindset. That's the stuff that I love and so i you know mm-hmm. was always very careful about how i would speak to my athletes and i love aggressive volleyball and i know
0: i <laughs> <laughs> like i really oh, yeah. i
1: really do and what i always try and tell my players you know if they make a mistake being aggressive that's okay and i would always just clap my hands and say that's okay way to be aggressive
0: mm-hmm. even
1: if they you know hit the back wall or hit their t- teammate in the back of the head sometimes that happens you know like you know just whatever happens it's okay as long as everyone's okay but way to be aggressive and I just remember there was a moment where we were doing our warm-up game and one of the players that was at maybe a lower level she took a big swing at it and missed I think it like just barely hit her hand like she missed the ball a little bit Yeah, Um, something like that. And one of the better players turns around and starts clapping at her and says, That's okay, way to be aggressive. Oh my gosh. And my heart just exploded. I was so excited to see, like, wow, what I say, these girls listen Uh and internalize. And so I totally agree with you. Like, you can't say, Hey, you guys need to be nice to your teammates. Hey, you need to be supportive of your teammates. Right. You need to go out and you need to show them what exactly you mean, because especially if you're just telling them what to do, that can also be kind of up for interpretation. Like, what does that actually mean? But if you're modeling the behavior that you want to see, and I know not everyone can do that because as a coach, I'm on the court with them sort of trying Mm -hmm. to model that behavior. Parents, that's a little bit different, but do you have some examples of things that maybe parents want their kids to do but they don't necessarily know how to model that or anything like that yeah and first like that story is amazing it just makes
0: <laughs> it makes like my heart explode which is like it, and you made like such a good point too it's not and it's not even like leading and like by like always action but it's like instead of telling them what to do all the time it's just like to model it to not tell them directly but T- like say you like you said it out loud like it's something you said but they're picking up on how you're responding to your players failing or um you know being challenged but they're seeing how you respond to it and being like oh well it's not about you know that she shanked the ball uh, mm-hmm. all the way across the court <laughs> it's it's about that she she went all in for it and mm-hmm. she like left it out on the line kind of thing I, I love that so much um okay so for so like an example, so one of like the the big things that sticks out for me is that whole like after the game, um, and this would be great for coaches too. Is like after the game when you're talking to your players or when you're when they're talking to their daughters they're constant, like, it's so easy for parents and coaches to be like, well, you should have done this, or you should have done that, or why would you do this? And it's like, so direct. And, and, you know, I was talking to somebody, uh, I think it was a, another coach or a mental coach. And they're like, I think that it should be an automatic don't talk about the game right after because all of our emotions are still like super high, even if it was a win or a loss. We're just like in this high emotional state and especially for girls, right? We're Mm -hmm, we're mm -hmm. very emotional. And after that game, just like give it a couple of hours. And then the thing that I always encourage parents and coaches to do is like ask them questions. Parents have done such an amazing job raising your daughter already. You've come this far. Just let them figure things out for themselves sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure in a coach's perspective, it's the same thing. Like you've you've done so much work. You gotta let them figure some things out too and let them kind of think through it. And and you're I mean, that's teaching them and coaching them, being able to coach themselves that they're gonna take through high school, college, life, all things is you know, being able to coach yourself and being aware of how to how to adjust or make changes, how to improve. So I always say like, try to ask questions, even if like you're not getting a whole lot of response, like continue to ask questions and make them think through it.
1: I love that. Sorry, I got lost. I was just thinking um, like about my own car rides home and (laughs) we would kind of like dissect the game, Um, Mm -hmm. especially, you know, when my dad was coaching me, which I just had him on the podcast in episode 48 a couple weeks ago, but, um, (laughs) we really would break down like, okay, this is why this went well. And what did you think about this? I love it. You're saying, you know, ask questions Mm -hmm. and get them to coach themselves. That's one of my biggest goals in coaching is to have my players be able to think about the game for themselves. If I'm just telling them everything they need to know. And then sending them off to their next team, especially Mm -hmm. I I like to coach 14 and under, 16 and under, maybe 12 you, like that kind of age. And Uh so I'm never at the top of the line, you know, getting all the players who have gone through all this work. I'm trying to prepare them for Uh what's next. And especially parents, if you're coaching your daughter, even in a rec league, if it's like fourth grade, fifth grade, I mean, you don't have to spend... 30, 45 minutes, you know, breaking down the match with a whiteboard and everything. But just asking them, I love that you say that because getting them to think about the game, um, it helps, it helps a lot.
0: And I I feel like it helps them, it helps the the girls get less defensive and they're not as defensive, especially when it's coming from them. Yes. It's like, it's like just leading leading them in the right direction and like guiding them but not telling them right it's like okay a little push here it's like bowling right with the bump yeah bumpers it's like okay just stay on this path even if they're gonna like you know go side to yeah. side a little
1: it's like whoa, 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 come back come back yeah yeah I love it what are are there other times when parents can really talk about the game with their kid or do you think like Car ride home is the best or wait till emotions go down.
0: Yeah, I think it kind of depends on the girl,
1: especially if
0: your daughter or your your players it's like super super hard on herself. And maybe the car ride home isn't the best time. Maybe it's like letting things kind of settle and sink. And maybe it's like after dinner, you know, depending mm-hmm. on the time of day. Then maybe ask a few questions or talk about the game. And then if it's someone that's not like super, super duper, hard on themselves maybe like you know the car ride home is okay and I think just talking about having that conversation and like what I do is I call I call these boundaries what are the boundaries and just talking about when the when they want to talk about it or Mm -hmm. if they want to talk about it later I think that that's always a really great thing to do is just like have those mutual boundaries because a lot of times for coaches it's Oh my gosh, I heard the best thing from a coach. He was sharing that the parents, he's not allowed to text or really like talk to the parents Mm -hmm. until like the next day after a game. Mm -hmm. Because he is also, you know, super emotionally invested and doesn't want to say something that he'll regret to Mm -hmm. a parent or even a player or someone because you know you have those parents like coming Uh after you chirping and Mm -hmm. things like why didn't you play Sally and you know I can't believe you did this Mm -hmm. so he had this rule this boundary really for himself that he wasn't even gonna have any conversations until the next day until the dust has settled Mm -hmm. um and I thought that was really really like I feel like that would be really beneficial for coaches and even maybe even parents too
1: that's really great that you brought that up I have Coach, before where the program institutes a 24-hour rule or a 48-hour rule so that let's say the tournament ends on Sunday you can't talk to me until Tuesday at practice and yeah on top of that it has if there's a problem it needs to be the player first and kind of teaching the player to learn how to talk about coach I was really upset that I didn't get put in the game Um, Mm -hmm. what can I do And those are all things that, as coaches, we also... I think maybe sometimes we expect our players to behave the way that we think they should. I don't know how to say that better. Yeah. Um, But maybe this player is just really sad that she didn't get to play and she thinks that you don't like her and she doesn't know how to come and talk to you about that. So I think coaches in the beginning of the season and throughout the season need to just occasionally give reminders of do check-ins or do evaluation or questionnaires with players and just check in and say, you know, how are things going? Is there something that you want to come and talk to me about and sort of set aside time? You know, you can't just come in and say anything, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. maybe someone wants to come and talk to you about playing time. You can give the example to your players of, okay, if you're not happy with your playing time, what I need you to come and talk to me about is how you can get better. And so you mm-hmm. kind of giving them scripts to, right. to talk to you because they don't know, their parents might not know either, depending on their experience in sport. So giving them as much info as you can to facilitate those conversations. And something that you're also mentioning about, sometimes it's best to just wait after a game. I know as a coach, I've tried both ways I've said after a bad match or like a tough match Mm -hmm. I've tried just being like okay you know what we'll just talk about this at practice on Tuesday have a good weekend or we'll talk about this tomorrow see you guys tomorrow Um, and then I've also tried just breaking it down yelling unfortunately I (laughs) I can't change it that's what I that's what I tried that's a method that I tried and I will say that that does not work. Especially yeah. especially not for me. Some coaches, I know every coach is different and maybe getting into it a little bit is I don't know. It just right. doesn't work for me. <laughs> but, but No, and, and like I I don't think that, you know, coaches
0: like they can't be stern or, you know, show some frustration because I, they're frustrated too and like and I think even just sharing it's okay to be frustrated it's okay to be mad and upset mm-hmm. like I tell my girls that all the time like this is normal like you actually should feel like this because <laughs> that just means you care about it and you and you want to get better but it's like what, what do you do with it mm-hmm. is the next step and like it's like having that awareness of man, I'm, I'm mad. I'm frustrated. It didn't go well. And then it's having that conversation, which one of the questions I always want the parents and the coaches to ask is like, okay, so, and maybe it's like even asking the team, (laughs) like maybe it's, you know, in that after game setting. Okay. So, you know, it wasn't really the turnout we wanted, but what are some things that we did well today? Because I'm sure there's like a bajillion things that the girls do well, mm-hmm. in, especially in an entire match, even in a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in just one serve, right? Yeah. You could do almost everything right and, you know, one little, one little wrong move. And you, and that's the game you know, yeah. goes in the net. Yeah. Um. So it's like talking about okay, what are some things that we did well? You know, what do you guys think we did well? And then go into what what didn't go so well. Mm-hmm. What was you know what were the basically the negative things? But going one step further, and like okay, so how do we improve? And letting the girls be like, okay, well, I think maybe we should, you know, work on this more at practice. And they're like, great, that's what we're gonna do on Tuesday. <laughs> and it almost gives them. A little bit more responsibility and and self responsibility for taking action on that. Because I always, ask, like, I'm constantly asking the girls that I mentor. We go over wins and challenges a lot. That's how we kind of share them, just to kind of give an update on what's going on. Basically, what's going well, what's not working, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, and any of the challenges. I'm like, okay, so how do we get better at this? Because a lot, of, you know, as we go on, they know the different tools. It's just figuring out how to use those different tools and processing which things work best for certain situations.
1: And I know you talk a lot about growth mindset. I think that applies here. So can you kind Mm -hmm. of talk about what that is, why it's important and how do we develop a growth mindset?
0: Yeah, this is huge, especially with, you know, how to get your athletes to listen because if you're modeling a growth mindset, which growth mindset is really just focusing on the process, focusing on the things that you can control rather than always focusing on the results or the outcomes, which is super hard to do. Like <laughs> I totally get that. Like it took me a long time to figure it out. But that's why I'm here and I I wanna share like secrets and tips on um, how to figure that out faster and how to just embody that growth mindset faster and embrace it and use it. It's just focusing on the process, focusing on the things that they can control and letting go. It's like, they call it the scoreboard definition of a coach versus the growth kind of mindset and the scoreboard coach is like constantly only thinking about winning which of course winning is important like I'm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. one of the most competitive people ever like winning is important but teaching those life lessons and showing them that a growth mindset is what's important is also equally important so it's like just figuring out how to balance those two and it definitely takes some practice but I think that was the biggest I mean I, I in the beginning when I shared a little bit about my background, that was the biggest thing for me in my senior year. It was finally, I didn't even know it was the growth mindset when I went through it. Yeah. But <laughs> now I'm like, oh, that's what that is. It's just going in and being like, okay, I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to give it my best effort. I'm focused on the process. And uh, you know what? it's almost like that, whatever happens, happens. And when you do that, all of a sudden, you
1: have results and you, you have outcomes that are typically more positive. And I know you actually work with athletes. You don't have to name names or anything, but can you give an example of maybe a player that you've worked with who once she let go of the expectations that she was focusing on, maybe how that helped her in her sport? Yeah, totally. Have you ever watched a player serve a volleyball and thought to yourself, her toss is all over the place. If she just had a more consistent toss, she could be such a great server. Well, if you have thought something like that, I have some exciting news for you. If you wanted to, you could probably change that athlete's playing experience with just one or two private lessons. Of course, you could work with this athlete in practice and offer tips and advice over the span of a few weeks, and then maybe see some improvement. However, if you've coached a team before, you know that it's really hard to spend even a couple of minutes with just one player. And you also know that as soon as you turn your back or walk away, they're most likely going to go back to their bad habits. But let's change the setting. It's just you, the player, and a full ball card. Maybe mom is on the sideline, but there aren't any distractions and 100% of your focus and the players is on their form, specifically that crazy toss. Although the progress is entirely up to the athlete, I can almost guarantee that after just one session, their toss will improve. In a private lesson, you are essentially fast tracking their skill development because all of your attention is on them. You're not yelling general corrections and pointers to a group of 12 teenagers while you mosey around a court. You're telling this one player specifically what she needs to change, what she's doing well, and she has the opportunity to practice in a setting where she won't be judged by her teammates as she's trying these new techniques. I could go on and on about the benefits of working one-on-one with athletes or even in small groups. but instead. I'm just going to recommend that you check out my latest book, Private Lessons, A Volleyball Coach's Guide to Getting Started. Just go to getthepancake.com and check out the books tab. Here you can learn more about what's in this new book, who it was written for, and if I think it's right for you. Seriously, go check it out. If you've thought about running private lessons before but weren't sure where to get started, this book is for you. Once you get started, you'll realize that the benefits of running private lessons extend far beyond improved tosses. I have a girl and she she's
0: a softball player mm-hmm. and she's a catcher. So she works down she works on her throws um, and like her throwdowns to second base a lot to like get people out over at second. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and so she works a lot on her on her throws and her transfer and things like that. And she's especially during this quarantine she's been working with her dad on it. They've like, you know, been going to the park, she's been working on her throwing and she was constantly getting frustrated because it just like wasn't accurate, wasn't going where she wanted to. And we were talking about it one day in one of our sessions and one of our calls and I was really talking about that growth mindset thing. Whereas like, what if you just focus on just the things that you can control? So you can't control where it goes. You can't control how hard it is but what are the, what are the things that you can control? And, you know, she's talking about, you know, keeping her elbow up and snapping hard and pulling down, like all the, you know, the the different techniques, but looking at it is like, what are the things she can do? Mm -hmm. And when she focused on those things and we, we did some visualization and some different things around it as well. But when she focused on that, she came back um, on our next call and she was like, oh my gosh, like I, I it finally clicked. I finally just was like, I don't care where the ball's gonna go. I'm just gonna throw it. <laughs> and it's like as simple as that. And all of a sudden, I was like spot on every single time. And I'm like, there you go. Like, <laughs> that's incredible. That's what it's, like, it's really cool to finally experience it because when after talking about it and thinking about it. So that was a really cool moment for her. And her mom, it was funny, her mom sent me a message. And she was like, I had no idea that was even really a mental thing. <laughs> like, most
1: things are. Yeah, they really are. That's, uh, I see that a lot in volleyball, especially at the younger ages when people are trying to learn how to serve. Because I think in the athlete mind, I see a lot of what I call a shot put serve, which is they're basically trying to push it over the net instead of yeah. doing the correct form. And just exactly like what you said, you know, they're trying to get it up and over the net where they need to focus on the high elbow and the follow through and everything. But until the players let go of that result, they don't really, like I've worked with athletes literally for hours trying to get that serve over. (laughs) And um, it just takes that one time for it to finally click. And Mm -hmm. then, and then it's, you know, game over it then they're on a roll and they know exactly how to do it but
0: yeah um,
1: yeah letting go of those results I love it so much I hope I hope that there are parents and coaches listening that kind of take that back to their teams to their athletes and give players the space to make those mistakes yeah that's key (laughs) yeah because if you're gonna let go of the results you know in your catcher's case she might throw it Way way over second phase, <laughs> right. or she might throw it straight into the dirt. You know, mm-hmm. if you're not focused on the results, you know who knows really what's going to happen. And obviously, after a certain amount of times, we need to maybe reevaluate what we're working on. But giving players the space to learn is so important and especially Mm
0: -hmm.
1: now that I think we're going to have a lot of time to work with our athletes one-on-one and in small groups making sure that we're not Mm -hmm. overwhelming them with constant adjustments and feedback and letting them just focus on just one or two main things yeah and practice it get some reps in Mm -hmm. and it's almost
0: like I keep thinking in my head especially with the serving it's like just at some point you know, you've, you've been telling them like, okay, you got to put your elbow here and this and like all the, like you were saying, all the adjustments at some point, you're just going to be like, okay, now just let go and like, let it fly. Mm-hmm. And who cares where <laughs> it goes? You're just like, you just gotta like, it's almost like that leap of faith mm-hmm. then. And I know so many girls are afraid to take that leap of faith because they're afraid to look silly, or they're afraid to be embarrassed, or like, you just have to like, give them that material. who cares, everyone else has started or like been where you're at, or is, is where like, be like, look at Katie over there, like she's doing the same thing, like she's working on the same things. And I think that, you know, I, I work with a group of girls in a group program, and for them to see that other girls are also struggling with the same things they are with, and with struggling with confidence or struggling with being embarrassed to make mistakes Mm and like, Oh, that's normal. Like, okay. Like she's doing the same, like she feels the same way. Like that must, like it's okay to feel like that. And like, once you can kind of get aware of, Oh, like I'm not in this alone. And I just got to keep working and then let it fly. Yeah. Um, It feels so much. It's like so freeing for them almost.
1: Well, and I think, Another thing that kind of holds players back, this is what held me back, especially when I was, so I was kind of a, a lanky 13 year old and I didn't <laughs> really have the best control of my body. I was um, a middle blocker and uh-huh. I think that's a very challenging position to play, especially when you're not really in control of your body because you have to have yeah. so much control. Like if you're outside, you can just go up and whack it. And you have all this Mm -hmm. court space, but when you're in middle, you know, there's just a lot more restrictions about how to hit it. It's not the most ideal angle that you have when you're coming in. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of middles really struggle with this. I've seen that over the years coaching, but if you also have a coach that is constantly giving you feedback, it can be scary to go up and try really just to hit it because, you know, you've got this mental loop in your head. You've got all this, I, uh-huh. I guess I would start calling it negative self-talk about, I can't hit it to the corners. Like coach is going to yell at me. Like I just need to get it in. Why can't I do this? And yeah, what do you recommend for like, when someone is really hard on themselves, how can they change that? I mean, this is like one of the biggest things
0: that the girls will come to me or the parents feel like she's just so hard on herself and which is honestly why I created this mentorship because I was so hard on myself, like ridiculous. I look back at it. And even today, like even as an adult, like, I'm still hard on myself, but thank goodness. I have different tools and things that I can kind of manage that. And I'm much more aware of it. So that's helpful. But I think, honestly, the first thing is just to being aware of it and like, aware of when you are being hard on yourself, when you are being really negative or putting yourself down or when you're having those that self doubt. So just being aware of it and then being like, okay, like that's that thing that keeps coming up. And then it's looking at it differently and looking at your failures and your struggles as a good thing rather than a bad thing, which is, which is hard at first, but it's a combination of, you know, writing down positive affirmations and saying them out loud to yourself, even if you don't believe them at first, because I know when I first started doing that, or when I have like something new that I'm trying to like kind of manifest or like create Uh in my life, uh, like something that I a limitation that I feel like I, I'm running into. I have to create like a positive affirmation around it. And at first, I'm like, oh yeah, right. This is not. (laughs) This is not gonna work, right? This is not me. But as like as I continue to do it and I continue to put that thought into my head, the more it helps. And then when I'm actually in the moment or in the action for you know for a player, it's when they're in the heat of that moment. When they're failing, they're like, okay, this is that moment where I'm getting really mad at myself. But I just have to remember, you know. Blankety blanket. Like I am blank or um, a great place to put it is write it on a note card or a sticky note. I really, I want to make stickers. I haven't done it yet. I should just like, it. get it done do it. <laughs> and put like some basic affirmations. And I want to give them out to the girls, but to do stickers and cause the girls love these like hydro and putting stickers on them. Yes. <laughs> and it's a perfect place because eventually you have to go get water and if you're coming from something where you're just totally, you know, whiffed a hundred times or whatever, <laughs> like it's a, maybe it's a drill you're not very good at and you come back to your water bottle and your affirmations mm-hmm. are on there and you're like, okay, like, okay, like reset, even if it, doesn't feel totally good or totally positive right away. It's like still that reminder and you're like starting to practice putting those good thoughts into your your head, even if it takes a little bit of time and takes a little of practice, it's so worth it. So that self-talk and the affirmations and a lot of times when I, I have a girl being really hard on themselves and like, okay, you just need, so when you catch yourself and you're aware, which is the first step, mm-hmm. you're like step back. Take a deep breath, force yourself to slow down. Take a deep breath and just do a little visualizing. So it's you probably have coach telling you, like, you're going too slow or <laughs> speed it up or don't do this. And okay. which they're, you know, they're trying to help, of course, and it's not their fault. And you know I, I encourage coaches to really try and give criticism in quote unquote positive ways. Mm-hmm. And it's not even really positive. It's just doing the thing that you want to do instead of what you don't want to do, yes. which is hard. <laughs> you're just like, yes, don't do this. Don't do that. But think about the thing that you want to do and visualize that real quick. So, you know, if you're doing hitting lines mm-hmm. and you are for like a like for a middle, if you're doing that, the short, the one, and it's really short and quick, the timing between you and your setter is off or whatever it is like over and over. You just visualize that moment when you're jumping and see your arm in the right position, your hand and everything Mm -hmm. kind of coming together the way you envision it. And that's practicing visualization. Well you as easy as that.
1: Inspired me with that because as you were kind of mentioning all these different parts of developing good self talk, I can see in a match because there are I mean, I know probably every coach listening has had the four points in a row, five points in a row where you just can't get out of serve receive and you're like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Like, I can't make any more changes. And so just calling a timeout and Mm -hmm. if you talk to your entire team about visualizations and positive affirmations and have them come up with those, I think that would be a really great practice for your team to do. Yeah, when you come into a timeout, just being like, okay, everyone let's breathe and close your eyes and just take a second and let's refocus reset. That's what, that's the cue word usually that I use with my players is like, okay guys, reset, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like push that reset button. We're starting over, forget everything Mm -hmm. that just happened. Um, and let's go at it with a better mindset. So I think what you're saying, coaches, if we can use that in a timeout setting, I think that would be so beneficial, especially for, I always say the younger players, but teaching them that habit of just being able to take a breath, especially early on in their athletic pursuits, that's that's going to have so many good, mm-hmm. positive things that, that leads to later on in life. Because a lot of sports is really just teaching life skills and taking the time Mm -hmm. to breathe applies way beyond volleyball and so I love (laughs) that you said that Um, yeah
0: yeah I think like you know because volleyball mm -hmm. is so fast-paced I can just like like I'm putting myself back in the high school over here and like envisioning like you know you you do get like a run of points against you and like everyone's getting frustrated if you come together Mm -hmm. because you're coming together in that circle a lot it's like that constant coming together and if Someone could just remind the group out there, the team out there to just be like, "Hey, okay, everyone take a deep, like we're all taking a deep breath together, like a team deep breath. And then also maybe even other teams are probably going to think they look a little bit crazy, but just like, like, it's like, "Hey, okay, everybody just close your eyes and like, imagine what you want like how you Mm -hmm. want to do it, like how you want this next point or what you're going to do on this next point. Cause a lot of times what we do is we do visualization (laughs) for the evil. Mm -hmm. It's like negative visualization, visualization for the bad. Cause when we, you know, Oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. all I'm thinking is that serve receive in the background. That was not my forte back there. And like, it just keeps Uh coming to you uh because they know then and you just keep shanking it and shanking you're like I'm never gonna get it um so like you're seeing like the bad thing over and over because it's what's so current in your brain and if you can just see it yourself getting in your your ready position like you're low and you make that perfect pass to your setter like seeing it in your head real quick and then going into it and being like okay like I can do this um it just it's it's crazy what our, our brain and our, our mind can do when we actually see do. So you actually we
1: practice visualization or teach visualization to athletes?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I actually have a free visualization practice package and Ooh. I'll I'll make sure to send that over to the it's on my site. And it's a free download and it has a little video of me just sharing how to do it and like what the benefits are and the kind of like science behind it a little bit. And then it has four Mm -hmm. different audios of my voice just going through a visualization. So I take them through a visualization step-by-step. I have them close their eyes. I have them take some deep breaths and see themselves doing whatever it is that they want to do, whether it's serving or, hitting or uh-huh. <laughs> whatever it is or making that pass that serve receive pass so yeah I have um four different kinds of four different kind of scenarios um that walk through the visualization practice I so that they absolutely can love get it. better I've it.
1: actually um thought about doing that for volleyball specific stuff um uh, myself <laughs> but visualization when uh-huh. I learned about it it made a huge difference for me I think it was either my junior or senior year of high school but serve receive, you know, that was my example for a reason. That was really something that I struggled with. And I remember once I finally learned that I could apply visualization to serve receive, I don't think we didn't keep stats. So I don't know if I technically got better or not, but I know I always Mm -hmm. felt more confident if I just took a deep breath and I'm looking at my position on the court, looking at the server, looking at the angle that they're standing at. And Like, okay, well, if it's short, this is where it's going to go. And this is how I need to move to that ball. If it comes right to me, this is how I'm going to angle my platform. If it's behind me, you know, and just kind of seeing those different scenarios Mm -hmm. all before the whistle blew. And then, you know, maybe it went to someone else. That's fine. You know, (laughs) I can, I can react to that. But if it come, if it would come to me, I already knew exactly what to do because I had just seen myself in my visualization do it. And it's so much easier Mm -hmm. to actually perform because you've already thought through, you know, all the angles, how you move to the ball. And so I'm a really big fan of visualization. So I'm really going to encourage people to go and check out your packet. Um, What's your website again? It's just page ton. So it's just my name. Okay. And I'll be sure to include a link to that as well in the show notes. One last thing that I wanted to ask you about is, we talk about raising a confident daughter. So can you kind of give the parents listening sort of mm-hmm. some guidance on that?
0: Yeah, I think it's really similar to that, that modeling. And it's like, you know, I talk to parents all the time and, and I'm like, so what are you doing on a daily basis? And just doing kind of mm-hmm. like that, that checking on you and how you're showing up and, you know, a, a big thing too with, with sports, which, stinks is mm-hmm. there's a lot of gossip that happens and team drama and things like that and I see it all the time and I'm sure you see it all the time and of course it's gonna happen but I'm not a parent yet so I'm like I'm like I feel like I'm like, um, <laughs> uh-huh. practicing to be a parent through all of this which I'm like they're probably yeah. all gonna laugh at me when I actually have a kid but I'm like if I'm a parent Like I want to be able to catch myself because it's so easy to just start talking about somebody or talking about another parent or talking about another girl on the team and you know our opinions on why or why or why not she should be playing. You know it could be all sorts of different things and I think that a huge thing with teams and parents is your daughter is gonna hears you like even though you think she's not listening to you she hears how you're talking about the other parents or talking about the other players and things and like <laughs> I'm totally calling my dad out for this. Like he always is like so quick to kind of judge other players. Oh, or even like uh-huh. when you're just watching professional football or something, you know, like you're like, "Oh, I yeah. can't believe he yeah. didn't, you know, catch that" or you know, whatever it is. We're so quick to judge and I think it that's something if you can be super uber aware of how you're responding and how you're speaking about other people. I think, I mean, that, that's going to go such a long way. And that's going to, I mean, that trickles down to how your daughter sees her teammates and how she, how, how she shows up as a teammate. And I mean, just that alone is a small piece of confidence that I think that creates confidence for girls.
1: I think everybody does that. Everyone talks about the other player. I'm so glad that you brought that up too, mm-hmm. because I really always like to the po- Uh, focus on the positive things and talk about where we can get better but sometimes sport can get a little ugly and that gossiping piece is Mm -hmm. a big one so I'm glad that you brought that up even if it's if you're not like oh well I'm not gossiping I'm just you know just talking about what other people are doing and then yeah that also kind of does create some insecurity for I know I went through that and if you mm-hmm. make a mistake, then all of a sudden you're worried, oh my gosh, they're going to be talking about me because they're, they're used to doing right. it themselves. Right. So they know totally. like, that's a piece of it. So I do like that you really encourage parents to look at how you're behaving. We can all, we can all improve. Okay. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know it's hard. We're not because perfect. because we're adults <laughs> or just because you're the parent doesn't mean that all of a sudden you have it figured out we all always need to be working on ourselves and trying to grow Mm -hmm. and that's a great thing to model for your daughter too it's constant self-improvement self-development trying to get better yeah I
0: think it's a lot of you know a lot of adults you know get really deep in like self-development which is you know really all the things that we're talking about on the mental Mm -hmm. side is, just you know said differently but it's like self-development for your daughter too. And a a huge thing I think is just reminding them of their value and their self-worth and that their identity isn't defined by, you know, Mm -hmm. what happens out on the volleyball court or what happens even with like test grades and things like that doesn't define them as a person and like continuing to remind them that and support them through that because I know being a teenage oh, yeah. girl can be a little bit rough sometimes. And we feel like everything is attached, like that athlete label or that, you know, valid yeah, yeah, yeah. Victorian label or you know whatever the label is. It's like, you know, something I talk a lot about with my girls. It's like, who do you want to be? And you get to choose. you want to be and how you want to show up and that's your choice and how like I'm like how cool is Mm -hmm. that like you get to choose that every single day it's not up to anybody else so that's I think that's a really important piece is just reminding them like well who do you choose to be or like how do you want to show up you know even if someone's saying something about you or even if Uh you uh you failed miserably today like how how are you going to show up and how
1: do you Who do you want to be? And that's been something that's been really big with my girls in my program. To self-assurance, self-confidence, like, okay, well, maybe someone's talking about me or maybe I'm worried that someone's talking about me, but I'm just going to show up and do the best that I can. I mean, that's going to yeah build a lot of confidence, I think, too. So Yeah, totally.
0: And just like them getting more comfortable Mm -hmm. in their skin and, not worrying so much about you know what their teammate is thinking and I always say like usually it's all made that up in our head that is <laughs> like, thousand oh my gosh, percent true thinking about us and they're probably not even th- thinking about you like everyone's so worried about themselves they're rarely even thinking about what the people around them are doing because we're always we're, we're just I don't want to say selfish but we're just we're self you know, <laughs> thinking about ourselves so they're probably not even yeah. We're not even, I'm probably, they like, tell some of the girls when they're worried about them, like, yeah. they're probably not even thinking about you. Like, and that's the, whole, the thing too that comes up, especially as a teen, a teenage girl said, oh, well, she didn't invite me. I'm like, invite yourself. <laughs> they probably just forgot. Like, there are uh-huh. like we're not thinking about everyone else we're just thinking about like our very small circle and just by yourself <laughs> who cares like I, I love them. it
1: <laughs> um is there anything before we wrap up that maybe I forgot to bring up that you want to share with the parents and coaches that are listening to the podcast
0: um I don't know I feel like we covered so many good things today I and mean, then I'm like I'm really happy about a lot of the the things that came up. Um, oh, for sure. So, I mean, we I could actually, talk for hours I have a list of things, things about. I want to really
1: talk about. Yes. I didn't get to half of them. But
0: other than, you know, I, if any of your listeners have questions or want to reach out to me, there's definitely a few ways to, to reach out. Like we were talking about my website. I have some different ways to reach out to me on there. All my programs um, are in there. I do a um, I have a program called The Confident Athlete, which I absolutely love and I'm so excited about. We're right in the middle of it right now, but I run it multiple times throughout the year. So that would be a, a great place if they're looking for more support on the mental side of the game. And then, you know, my, my site has a lot of different things on there, but social media is always like a great place to hang out and get to know me and a little bit better. And to I'm like constantly giving different tips and videos. And, okay. Well, I will be yeah. sure to
1: include a link to all of your social media, your YouTube channel, your website. I think there's just so much that cool. people can learn. Yeah. there's. I got quite a few like free opportunities right now. So
0: yeah, take advantage I'm doing a free workshop in June on three reasons you're not feeling confident. So that's going to be awesome. That one's for parents coaches and players yeah just like a lot of free valuable stuff online. and you do like get to the people of it
1: is online I know you mentioned that you're in Arizona but a lot of a lot of your stuff it doesn't matter where you are people mm-hmm. can reach out to you yeah all right Paige well thank you so much for being yeah. on the podcast today uh I absolutely loved our discussion And I know we could have talked a lot longer, but I guess I'll let you go. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much. A lot of great information that's got me feeling really pumped up and inspired. Uh, So thank you. One last time, Paige Tons, thank you so much for being on this week's episode of the Get the Pancake podcast. I think there were a lot of gems in that episode and I hope everyone heads to getthepancake.com to check out the full show notes and see some of the free trainings that Paige is sharing with you and also you can find her social media accounts in the show notes because she does share a lot of great helpful educational information regularly. Remember, go and enter the ASIC shoes giveaway. Entries have to be in by tonight. So get that done ASAP. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Get the Pancake podcast. And I hope to have you back next week.